Good evening. It is great to be with you all again. Uh, I've missed seeing you. I had a good run there, it seemed, in the end of last year where I saw you frequently, and then I've had a gap and a drought of seeing you all, and tonight I'm with you, and I'm thankful for that. Tonight's one of those nights where I'm going to talk about a subject that I know I will probably not have 100% agreement on. But I'm going to ask you to listen and think about this topic because it will affect you in some way. It will affect all of us in some way. Man, woman, boy, girl, children, it, it affects us all. And that is the ideal of sexual modesty in our dress. Okay, and, and as we think about this, I, I bring this topic up because sexual immodesty in dress in our culture is rampant right now. And it makes you think of the statement in Isaiah 5.20. In Isaiah 5.20 there it says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light, light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. You know, because of this, sexual modesty in the dress is even becoming a problem amongst Christians. It's impacting our young people. It, it's something that is, is taking place all the time. And I know it's kind of getting to be summertime and, and we start thinking about fun outside. And I want to, to entreat you to think about this. Again, I go into this knowing that I probably will not have 100% agreement on my ideal. But, but I at least want us all to think about this. And then you have to go make your own call and judgment on this. And, and compare it to the scriptures and look. Now to clarify though, I want you to realize that there is more than one kind of immodesty, okay? So there's different things. There's the matter of the heart, not just the clothing. So I, I recognize and acknowledge that as we talk about this topic because you can be as dressed properly and clothed properly as you may want to be, but still be horribly immodest at heart, okay? And I'm also going to acknowledge right now to say this isn't just a woman's subject. Okay, so guys, you aren't off the hook in this lesson either. All right, we have to be modest. We have to think about our apparel. Okay, you know, I throw in here, and I've mentioned it before, but, you know, Deuteronomy 22.5 talks about a woman shouldn't wear what a man, a man's garment, nor shall a man put on a woman's garment. I can't tell you how many magazines I've seen with, a Jonas brother standing there in a dress on it at the stores. It's a modest on him even. But that's still beside the point. We have to be mindful of what we wear and what we dress. All right, so even after building up this topic and thinking, man, these people probably are going, boy, I hope it's a short one tonight. I'm still going to talk about it because we got to consider it. All right. And, and uh, I hope I don't make anyone uncomfortable. I try to do this very much with just what the scripture says. I try to be very careful uh, not to make this uh, a touchy subject. But at the end of this lesson, it actually is your job, fathers, husbands, men, ladies, maybe grandpas, grandparents, to have these discussions with the little ones if they have questions, though. So I'm not doing this in a way to provoke them to have those hard questions that you think, man, I'm really glad John's not coming back for a while. But... I want you to hopefully have this check because you're the ones that have to, as a family, decide what's modest. God gives a standard, I think, but we have to decide how that fits our family. Okay, so Leviticus 18. If you want to go over there, it's a lengthy read from verse 6 to 17. 
But I, th I think we have to read this in, in the context of this. None of you shall approach any blood relative of his to uncover nakedness. I am the Lord. You'll not uncover the nakedness of your father. That is the nakedness of your mother. She is your mother. You're not to uncover her nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's wife. It is your father's nakedness. The nakedness of your sister, either your father's daughter or your mother's daughter, whether born at home or born outside, their nakedness you shall not uncover. The nakedness of your son's daughter or your daughter's daughter, their nakedness shall not be uncovered, for their nakedness is yours. The nakedness of your father's wife's daughter, born to your father, she is your sister, you shall not uncover her nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's sister, she is your father's blood relative. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sister, for she is your mother's blood relative. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's brother. You shall not approach his wife, she is your aunt. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your daughter-in-law, she is your son's wife. You shall not uncover the nakedness, her nakedness. You shall not uncover, verse 16, the nakedness of your brother's wife. It is your brother's nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of a woman and of her daughter. Or shall you take her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter to uncover their nakedness? They are blood relatives. It's lewdness. Okay. So, not to uncover someone's nakedness implies that it's normally covered. We should be covered. You know, even in the family, we need to be uh, mindful of nakedness. All right? it, it should be something that we don't get so callous to it at home. Because as you can see, it's clearly laid out in the, the Old, Old Testament that we should not be kind of offended or avert our eyes when we see it out and about. We need to be mindful of that. You know, Proverbs 5.19 states it even more um, straightforward there. Proverbs 5.19, Solomon warns the young men that they are to be satisfied with their wives alone. Okay? As we think and we read that, Proverbs 5.19, As a loving hind and a graceful doe, let her breast satisfy you at all times. Be exalted always with her love. Okay, so the opposite side of this coin is women. In this one, husbands, be satisfied with your wife and your wife alone. Don't look at others. Be careful. Stay away from that when you can. But on the opposite side of the coin, wives, let only your husbands be satisfied with you. Don't put it on display for other men to see. Okay, we have to be mindful of our modesty. Okay, so where is this going, right? Where, where's John leading with this? Well, ladies and young ladies, maybe you, you don't realize this, but men are much more visually wired, so to say. Things go through our eyes and we see and we recognize and it is very much more of a visual thing where women very much are more emotional not in a bad way i don't mean that in a, a bad way but but they are very much connected and 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 very much uh it's a, a slower process for women to generally become more interested in a man unfortunately though our time is creating a thing that even pornography is going rampant among women now it's not something that's just a men's topic anymore. Okay, so we have to be careful of that. You know, I like the Marvel movies. I enjoy my superhero movies. But think about the different Marvel movies you've seen. And 
And they always have one of the big superheroes shirtless, right? It's grabbing that attention, okay? It's immodest. So it's not just a man's problem, and it's not just a women's problem. It's everybody's problem, this modesty that we think about. All right, I think this is one of the very reasons that we see over in Job 31, though. Job 31.1 says, I made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? All right, so ladies and girls, I would like to submit to you that I would hope that every brother in here has made the same type thought process that they're making a covenant with their eyes, that they're trying to be careful of what they see who, of who, okay? But we need, to, we need to make that statement. But on the flip side, I also want to warn you of 2 Peter 2.14. 2 Peter 2.14 says, Having eyes full of adultery that never cease from sin, enticing unstable souls, having a heart trained in greed, they're cursed children. There are men out there that will just be looking to see. And if we display it, then we're not helping with that problem. You know, part of the thing we have to think about, the word attractive, as we think about that, is the ideal of, the Latin word is ad, in direction of, and trahere, to pull. So, you know, when we start thinking about these things in our clothes, in our dress, what do we call attractive? What are we in direction of and pulling towards? So, I get the desire to look nice in the fashions of today. You want to do that. But oftentimes, it's crossing the line of sexual immodesty and sexually attractive in the way that it's being put together. Well, Let's stay away from these things that attract wrongly. If you go over to 1 Timothy 2, 9 and 10, here we often turn to this verse when we think about these passages. I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly and discreetly, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly garments, but rather by means of good works, as is proper for women, women making a claim to godliness. You know, this... We often look at this and we make this checklist here of saying we shouldn't dress this way, we shouldn't dress this way. But when you get to the root of this one, they were actually calling attention to themselves because the ones that were well off and stuff would dress in these golden things and they'd almost be so done up that it was immodest and they were calling themselves to attention here. I would say they were probably very covered, but they were being immodest in a different way than than attire and uh, uh, dress in that way. But there are lots of verses that talk about modesty. And when we start looking at this, we have to think of this in a way that promotes us being modest. You know, Genesis 3-7. We'll turn over to Genesis 3, and, and we'll just kind of start there, and we build forward in the Scripture. So if you're turning with me, uh, we'll start back at Genesis 3-7. It says, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. So even as man and wife there, husband and wife, as man and woman, when sin entered the picture, they realized there was something that was off there. But you go forward a few more verses into into verse 21 of that same chapter. And the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. Okay. And we can probably all think back to little images we've seen in workbooks and stuff where you 
uh, see the imagery that's made of, of the, the, the skins that they wear. But Isaiah 47.3 goes on a little bit more. Isaiah 47.3 says, The nakedness shall be uncovered, yea, thy shame shall be seen. I will take vengeance, and I will not meet thee as a man. You know, in this chapter here, the maids are going out to work, and they're sent out into the creek, and it talks about exposing the thigh as you read those verses in a greater clump of verses. And it calls that being their nakedness, okay, exposing the legs, okay. So we then, again, have to start thinking about what is, what is modest. Well, we go a little bit further, well, back. I thought these all went in order, and I realized I made that statement incorrectly. So in Genesis 9.23, in Genesis 9.23 here, But Shem and Jephthah took a garment and laid it upon both their shoulders and walked backwards and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were turned away so they did not see their father's nakedness. You know, here is a picture where their father got intoxicated in his tent. The other brother comes out talking about it. And Shem and Jephthah take great concern here to not see their father's nakedness and to cover him up so that we see when he comes to, he, he is covered. Well, here's where I might pause and, and I, I would suggest and throughout the years, I, again, when I think of these and when I talk about these topics, you know, I'm not meaning to be the fashion police. I'm not being, to, I'm not your modesty police, but I'm trying to promote you to think about these topics. You know, I can think of times when I wish I could have backed up to the pew backwards as I passed the Lord's Supper. Because there were more of ladies on display than I should have seen. There was nakedness on display. You know, we have to, we have to think about these things. Because they did. They give an example of that. Exodus 28.42 says there... You shall make for them linen breeches to cover their bare flesh. They shall reach from the loins even to the thighs. Okay, and this is talking about the priest in their service because as they'd go up to the altar, they wanted to make sure that under those garments that they were not exposed. Okay, so there's maybe a, a, a standard of modesty that we might pick on a little bit. It was to cover the thigh from the, from the hip to the thigh, the loins even to the thighs. You know, so as we start making this picture in ourselves of what's modest and what's not modest, we may gather from this verse here. Okay. John 21, 7. Therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. So when Simon Peter heard this, that it was the Lord, he put his outer garment on, for he was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea. All right, so what he had on wasn't appropriate, but he was so excited he put his outer garment on and then jumped into the sea. He covered up before he went to the Lord. It says on in there, the, the others took a small boat and went over to the, the thing. You know, most of us, I would have, you know, thinking he had his work garments on, I would have hopped in the water and went and swam. But Peter took the time to cover up before he went to meet the Lord. I think there's some principle of modesty there that we can, we can cover. All right, so 
As we think about this, clothing sends signals. I think that can also be gathered from this as we've looked at these verses. And I've brought some stats that I looked at, and there's a, uh, this poll was taken back in, I think it was 92, and it was a pretty good-sized survey, but, but this isn't me saying these stats. I'm going to give you numbers here. But they were different questions asked of the people of what they might think modesty is. So, agree, disagree? Again, I'm not setting the exact standard here. I'm just going to give you raw data for thinking. But one of the questions was, slits that go above the knee are immodest. And 71.8% of the people polled agreed or strongly agreed with that comment. Wearing a semi-transparent shirt over a sleeveless shirt or tank tops or undergarments is immodest. 52.8% strongly agreed that that was immodest. It is immodest for a girl to expose her legs up to mid-thigh. 64.5% of the people surveyed said that was immodest. Going back to the thought process of the hip to the thigh being covered to the priest, but that was a problem. Mini skirts, long shirts, or short dresses over tight leggings are a stumbling block. 64.9% of the people surveyed said that was a problem for them. So again, it may be covered, but how's it covered? You know, that. Just slapping a piece of material over it, if it's tight, still shows the form is what that's saying. And that's what a lot of these are, are going to, is we're to cover our form as we think about this. Here's one that, uh, when I was reading these results, even and made me think a little bit. The lines of undergarments, visible under clothing, cause guys to stumble in 71.6% strongly agreed or agreed with that comment. Immodest clothing is not a problem when a girl is in your own family and she wears it. So they were saying it was okay. 61.9% of the people surveyed disagreed with that. Girls can dress attractively without being immodest. 97 percent of people agreed with that statement. You can dress. I've seen websites that are now kind of becoming popular with that. Um, sleeveless shirts that cover the shoulder but leave the upper arm exposed but then in parentheses says are tight enough that you do not see undergarments. 87 percent of people thought that was modest. Okay. So, you know, again, what are we showing? Going back to Proverbs 5. The body of your wife is to be for the husband that she has, and she's not to put it on display, and you husbands are to enjoy that. So, so we have to be careful what we think about here. Um, let's see. There were two more on here that I thought were interesting um, stats. Well, just because one comedian makes of this but yoga pants 87 percent of people say yoga pants are modest okay if it's tight and clingy that's not meant to be wore outside the house all right it, it's not it's not modest all right tight jeans 69 percent of people said those were immodest okay 
again, we're trying to get back to the ideal of what is the form that we're showing? You know, or if you're leaving nothing to the imagination on it, then why cover it up? And please, I'm not advocating that, but I'm trying to use that as a, a kind of a shock statement here. But what's the point then? You know, what we're talking about here really is the ideal of signals too. You know, there's signals in our dress. You're either sending them or you're receiving them. You know, and that's the idea that I want to, I'm, I'm hoping that I'll spark a thought process in your mind tonight of, is that there are a couple signals. There's ones we don't intend to give off, and there's ones that we're not aware of giving off. And I hope this is, the point of this lesson is to hopefully provoke you to think of that, that topic right there. But let me tell you, either way, signals are being sent. All right. So as we look at clothing, as we, as we think of this as well, you know, clothing is either popular or godly. You know, most, there are a few magazines out there that still show modest people on the front of them. But it's very few and far between. But I'm telling you, they can go together. It takes a little work, but it can be done. And the ideal is that we have to come to a conclusion that if the choice has to be made, we need to choose proper attire over popular attire. And you know, this is where I guess I, I, I go to moms, but husbands, dads, look out for your daughters and your wives. You know, think about this as you go. You know, as I think about these things, you know, what draws attention? Well, you can either reveal it, all right, so nakedness, all right, or you can conceal it and show everything else, kind of what a lot of our modern day swimsuits do. Reveal just a little, you know, low rise jeans, short skirts. I would even caution towards nodding of the shirts. You know, it may be a little frumpy or it may be a little baggy and loose, but if you're tying it up so that you're, you don't realize that you're, you're uncovering your backside, be mindful of that. Because there's a young man out there that will probably notice that. And he may have taken the covenant to protect his eyes, but because it's being put out there, it's seen. Cover it tightly, skinny jeans, you know. I just don't even fathom that anyway. I can't even comprehend that one. Um, or just to cover it thinly, you know. You know there's a, a, a modest amount of fabric that's needed to not be showy. All right, so let's boil this down now. We're, we're kind of coming to the end of this as we, we think about this. But there will be some objections that we'll get from people. And sometimes even our own children, possibly. Or our wives. But we first have to, I want to ask this question. If it's all about a matter of a heart and externals don't matter, so it doesn't matter what we air, wear, the next time a birthday comes around that's real significant for someone, just tell them you're going to skip it because externals don't matter. Well, no, <laughs> externals matter. You know, you'll get in trouble if you just say, oh, we aren't celebrating your birthday because... We know it's your birthday, but it don't matter. Well, no, 
what we do and how we act takes place. You know, the ideal, it's hard to find modest clothes. You know, it was hard sometimes to see, you know, well, actually, the internet has helped a ton because you can just Google it, modest clothes, and you'll get sites that just pop up with dresses and clothing that are, are covering in, in quite fashionable and for not as bad of a price as it used to be. But you know, Matthew 7, 14 says, the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life and there are few who find it. You may have to go looking for this product to take advantage of it. it you, you're not probably just gonna stumble upon it, but isn't it worth it? Modest clothes can be found. Here's one that you sometimes get. Modest clothes are outdated and ugly. You know, are you going to let that keep you out of heaven? Ideal, they're outdated and ugly. I, I, I've got, well, I've got some clothes that I still have from before my wife and I got married. And I still keep wearing them. And you know what? They finally came back in style. <laughs> but... Keep them. If it's modest, keep it. Skinny tie, fat tie, who knows? Just keep it. It will come back around. But again, would you rather stand before the Lord one day and, he, and try to justify what you're wearing? I mean, how, how, how weird does that sound? All right. Another objection. It is men who have the problem. They should control their thoughts. Absolutely, Job 31.1. Men, make covenant with your eyes. But, that's beside the point. The only one with authority to see the body that you're putting on display is your husband or spouse. So previewing your body to everyone else is just wrong. Cover it up. Keep it for the relationship where it's meant to be. And help your young ones do that as well. Yes, but there are exceptions. There are exceptions to when you can be immodest. Weddings, banquets, vacations. I guess my question would be is, Isaiah 6.3, does God take a break from being holy? God is a holy God all the time. And we're going to say, let's put this on hold for a minute so that my daughter can have the dress she dreams of. My thought on that is I don't want to show my daughter off to the crowd of people and I want the husband she gets to enjoy that. That's where it should be. I'll tell you, my daughters usually cringe when they sit in this lesson when I'm giving it, but it's something we talk about. It can't be avoided. So why did I talk about this? Well, I've got a vested interest in this as well. Brothers, remember Job 31.1. Again, you keep hearing me say that. But husbands, fathers, brothers, help your wives and daughters and sisters to be modest so that the men that are trying to keep this covenant with their eyes can do so. And sisters, please keep yourself covered for your husband or the husband you'll have in the future so that you don't preview something that no one else should see before he does. 
So again, remember, it's not true that modesty can't be stylish. But the big, you know, the million dollar question is even if it were true, the Christian's choice would be clear. Be modest and follow the Lord. You know, that's, that's what this boils down to. At the end of this lesson, we have to look at how we're modestly serving the Lord. And again, I don't proclaim this to be the perfect lesson on modesty, but I hope I've given you a bunch of food for thought. And I hope I've given you some different things to think about that will make you go home. Because what's the point of our Christian life? It's to press on daily. It's not to lose any ground and to keep going forward. So in this topic, if we go home and this week we press forward and get closer to the Lord from this topic, then don't go back, but keep pressing. And then start picking on the next topic. And start picking on the next topic. And keep working day by day to live holy and right before the God of heaven. Well, thank you so much for your attention tonight. Thank you for being patient. Nobody got out and left on me, so thank you for that as well. We need to serve the Lord in everything. We have a sovereign God that is sufficient in all aspects of our life, in every way. And we have to be busy exhausting ourselves and trying to serve Him in the way that He wants us to. Because he served us in such a great way that he didn't even withhold his son's life from dying on a cross for us. So tonight, as we get ready to have an imitation song here that our brother will lead us in, I uh, see it's trust and obey. Trust the Lord in this. Take up what his word says, consider it, and try to be as conforming and fitting to his word as we can and trust and obey what he says. You know, also, there may be someone here tonight that hasn't obeyed the gospel, hasn't been baptized, as Romans 6 talks about, and died with Jesus in the watery grave of baptism. And you have that opportunity tonight as well. So as we stand up and we sing this invitation song, whether you need the prayers of the congregation or to put on Christ in baptism, please come forward as we stand and sing.